BDFM. Welcome to BDFM. I'm D. I am B. This is a podcast about uh, uh, philosophy and religion and anthropology. And it's about sexuality, usually about gender, relationships, politics. Via TV, we're each going to suggest one episode of a classic show, sitcom, animated series, something. Could be a dramatic series. And we're going to watch it together and then uh, talk about it afterwards. Usually we get into some pretty interesting conversations based on... Uh, what we're watching i don't know if you could call them interesting <laughs> or quote unquote listenable <laughs> but uh they are conversations that part i agree with we we uh, unmistakably have conversated in every episode if you are a patron or a vip member of our bdfm community you can listen along to our little watch along episodes to our little watch alongs of the episodes that we've chosen We'll watch them and record ourselves giggling madly. <laughs> Listen along to us quietly watching an episode of Rick and Morty or something. <laughs> you can also go to Garage TV, which is G-R-A-G-E dot TV, which is our production web video streaming service and you can both listen to the podcast episodes there and if you subscribe to Garage TV, you can also listen mm -hmm. along. You can listen along the listen-alongs. Listen, as I tell you that you can listen along to the listen-alongs. Okay, I'm going first this week. I think you went first last week. It would be funny because I don't go back and keep track. It'd be funny if I went first every time and mm -hmm. I just keep saying that. It would be a good retrospective analysis of my male brain. This would be a good use for in my turn, your turn, flipper device. Oh, <laughs> whose turn it is. That's right. Whose turn it is, is a uh, toy that I invented that's just sort of a little plastic switch that has two names, one name on one side and one name on the other side. So you can keep track of whose turn it is to do whatever thing, take out the garbage or give oral first. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Etsy.com slash Gravy Day. For all your 3D printed accessory needs. All right. So what Here's, episode of TV I'm going to uh, tease my episode. I'm just going to say what, which one it is, and then we're going to go watch it. I recommend you actually do go watch this if you're listening, to actually pause the podcast and go watch this episode and then come back because it's very funny, but also it has one of the funniest bits of physical propish comedy that I've ever seen. And it just makes me fucking roll over laughing onto the floor every time I see it. Uh, that's right. I ruffle. <laughs> <laughs> I LMFAO. Mm -hmm. It's a really funny episode. Um, and the series is Baskets. It's a funny episode of Baskets Yay. where Zach does something really funny that has to do i'm just gonna hint it's a bit that has to do with a cricket and the whole episode's great it's called the dj twins basket's mother who's played by the inimitable louis anderson r.i.p has adopted two boys but they're men <laughs> they're adult men that are slightly younger than him by the way if you don't know baskets the kids are called chip and dale and Zach plays both Chip and Dale, but there's this fun rivalry that happens. Uh, okay, we're going to season one, episode six of Baskets. That's what we're going to watch. All right. And then we will uh, get your... Wh what, what series are you going to... Atlanta. This is also an FX show, and the episode that I am bringing to the table is season one, episode six. It's called Value. It's uh, the first episode that was directed by Donald Glover. It was written by him and uh, Stephanie Robinson, who is a writer uh, also on What We Do in the Shadows now. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's also the first episode to focus on the character of Van. Uh, yeah, she's great. This all the four mains of this show are, are so strong at acting, the four main people. Oh, yes. I don't ever think of the show as a sitcom. In, in fact, in my head, it's like an hour drama, but actually it's, it's the episodes are about 20 Five minutes yeah. long, 22, It's 25. almost more of like a semi-absurdist anthology series. It's almost just like... Using this, a lot of the same characters, but not always. Like a surrealist... Surreal. Pastiche yeah. of, like, Southern life uh, as a person of color. Uh, a group of friends in the music industry. Yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. It's yeah. a great show. So this is the episode in which uh, Van goes out to see one of her girlfriends and uh, has to deal with feeling uh that she's lacking in comparison to her more successful friend mm. who is uh 
openly criticizing her and judging her. And this is on Hulu? It's streaming on Hulu just like just like Bastards. Oh, this is weird. Oh, yeah. It's season one, episode six. We both chose season one, episode six, independently of a different we show. We did not plan that at all. No, we, we, See, earlier we discussed something should happen if we inadvertently choose the same show. The same episode. If we choose the same episode, that's like a jackpot. But if we choose the same show... Something that's that's funny too, but we yeah. did, never discussed what happens like if we both choose the, the, na- the same the same um, show code, <laughs> which is what we've done today. Exact the same exact number sequence. Yeah, yeah, it's like getting five out of the six lotto. You get something. You don't win. Yeah. <laughs> you don't win, but you get something. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna watch Atlanta, but first we're gonna go watch Baskets, season one, episode six, right now. Hey, it's me, your favorite radio personality guy. I just want to let you know, if you're a cowboy like me, you want to get the best boots there is. And, and I'm uh, the sidekick. Shut up, hey. You got it, Fritz. Hey, listen, hey, but before, give me my boots. Can you get them? I left them over on the sideboard over there. These which, boots are the best. They come from the company called... Boots? There's a lot of boots. Yeah, but well, these boots are the finest ones you're going to find in that pile of boots over there. Because they're a fine-ass pair of leather boots made from the finest leather I've ever seen. Are these the boots? Well, I can't see in this light. I can't see anything in here. Shouldn't have taken that whole blotter full of acid before I started recording this. But the point is that these boots, handsome, I mean, what do you call them? Custom-made. They're handsome. They're custom-made by handsome men. What color are beards. they? I don't know even know uh, what I'm looking I, it's for. It's like a There's snake so skin. Boots. Well, it's like, I want to say it's a snake skin, but I think it's a giraffe sort of print. Okay. It might be giraffe skin, honestly. There's a lot of draft skin ones. Leather and boots. Leather and sons. Leather and sons boots. Are these these are men. these are snake and giraffe. Are oh, the, really? These ones? I mean, it, I guess I don't have any others that have any kind of Yeah, 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 bring them over. Bring them over here. Oh, here, here you go. Oh, thank you. These boots are the finest leather anyway. I'm going to get you a pair. Little Steve. Next Christmas. Everybody listening, get a pair of these boots. They come with free boot resizing. Okay, I already have some boots that I like better, but thanks. Okay. For now, ten percent off if you use the code boots. And we're Atlanta. And we're baskets. We're baskets of Atlanta. The baskets of Atlanta, great movie. It won an Oscar, I think, in nineteen ninety two. The Baskets of Atlanta. No, wait, I'm sorry. It's called The Bridges of Madison County. Never mind. <laughs> I mix up. Uh, I always get those Madison County mixed up with Atlanta. <laughs> we just watched Baskets, season one, episode six, The DJ Twins. Mm-hmm. Super funny episode. Kind of sweet. Uh, Zach Galifianakis plays Chip. I don't remember their last name. Baskets. Chip Baskets. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Baskets. Chip Baskets is trying to be a clown. I, I think I said this in the watch along, but a friend of mine once described it as the tragedy is he's a clown in every part of his life except when he's performing. Mm-hmm. He's funny and he does all of this broad physical comedy, dropping mm-hmm. things and juggling things, but only when he's off stage. When he's on stage, he's either not funny or fucking it up most of the time. So this starts out, he gets a job at the uh, uh, rodeo and there's some talent scouts from austin coming down his boss is putting him up to potentially be mr rodeo to compete for mr rodeo whatever it is the the best clown award and in front of talent scouts so Mm -hmm. this would further his career greatly Um, at the same time his mother has scheduled a dinner with the adopted uh, these black brothers who are now adults like in their 20s and they're djs and at some point Chip says, mom loves you guys, not us. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the whole thing is the mother loves the adopted twins. Mm-hmm. So she she schedules this dinner on the same night that Chip is supposed to uh, perform. It's a big night for his career, but she won't let him leave because she wants it to be a good night for Cody and what was it? Logan? Logan, Logan. Cody and Logan. But Cody and Logan are just kind of there to have dinner they want to get out as quickly as possible. They're just kind of they're kind of using mom for, you know, a quick dinner. Meanwhile, Chip is trying to make sure they don't hurt mom's feelings. He keeps putting off going to his job. He feels like kind of passed over or forgotten by his family because mm-hmm. everybody likes the twins better. And so, and and at some point, there's this hilarious scene where 
Chip is trying to be funny for the family. He's basically trying to get attention because mm-hmm. everybody's lavishing attention on these younger twins and nobody's paying attention to him. And there's also a cricket loose in the house. <laughs> so every time the cool twins say something, everybody laughs. And then it cuts to Zach and he tries to make a joke. Everybody goes gets quiet and the cricket starts going. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, the third beat of that is he throws a whole bottle of water across <laughs> the room at the cricket and misses. But um, anyway, so Zach's friend Martha's trying to get him to go to this job, but he's too worried about his mother and trying to compete with the twins. And finally, the twins take off. They're like, we're going to have pre-show hot dogs with the Chemical Brothers, <laughs> which is a hilarious thing to say. And they they take off, and now Zach can't leave because his mom is stress eating a the whipped cream that she made the whipped cream a, like a sort of a because the boys pan would full. oh they didn't stay for dessert mm-hmm. so she's sad so now Zach can't leave and finally she's like go go to your rodeo go be, go go be, be Mr. Mr Rodeo God what was um, Dale's joke it was so funny and then, yeah he said oh are you Mrs Rodeo and you can both live together at Rodeo Shack <laughs> that's a great joke. <laughs> Anyway, Zach finally gets in the car and they go to the rodeo. But then when they pull up in the rodeo, he's like, no, keep driving. And so they drive right past the the place he's supposed to be performing. Mm -hmm. And then we see inside the talent scouts and his boss are sitting there and nobody's in the spotlight. And they're like, what happened? He shows up at the Chemical Brothers (laughs) concert and finds the brothers and is like, you know, mom really loves you more than me. So you should be nicer to her. So he... Throws away his one shot at being, yeah, uh, you know, sort of locally successful rodeo famous to help his mom, and then he goes home and he's all sad and he but he wakes up in the morning and he hears laughter and he goes downstairs and the the young twins are back and they're having breakfast with mom and they brought bear claws. It's very sweet. So he basically, you know, is saving his family while his family is not being very cool to him. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, failing at his job—it's—it's a—it's a, it's a whole Greek tragedy happening. So funny, kind of touching as well. I like this one. Okay, that's baskets. Do you want to give us a little recap of the Atlanta episode? The Atlanta episode called "Value" is a van-centric episode. It's the first van-centric episode. She's played by Zazie Beetz. This episode centers around her having a night out with an old friend which um, includes some fun and some being judged and having arguments with her friend because they disagree on the lifestyles that the other one is living. They're kind of, they're kind of criticizing life. and judging each other. And uh, yeah, and her friend, in an effort to make up for this fight that they just had, says, let's share this big fat joint. They smoke a joint together. And when Van wakes up, her phone reminds her she has a drug test today at work. So she's a grade school teacher. Mm-hmm. So it starts, the whole ha- first half of the show is she's out at a fancy dinner with her fancy friend who has mm-hmm. way more expensive clothes and is talking about going to Paris and London. And They're subtly talking about the Van differences. Van is sort of a struggling artist slash teacher. Yeah. Van keeps saying like, well, I'm not going to go to your hairstylist because I can't really afford that. I'm not going to go with you to Paris because I don't have money like that. And the friend just sort of keeps just casually talking about all the NBA players she's dating in these different cities. And and she also flat out says, um, oh, having a baby with a broke guy. Yeah, she starts to criticize really about how she has a kid with Donald Glover's character, Earn, who ironically doesn't earn much. Hmm. But her friend is judgmental of the way that she's living her life, including the fact that she's allowing... Uh, the father of her kid to even like take up any space in her life like obviously like live with her sometimes and they clearly sleep together sometimes the boundaries are not as um as drawn as as her friend would prefer um because she wants her to have in earn's favor as a woman Mm -hmm. he manages uh paper boy his friend and they he He does they will in future seasons become um, more successful successful. He does, yeah. And also we see in this episode that he's a great father. He's involved. Mm-hmm. He comes and picks up the kid and, and is is caring. And, he's a stand-up uh, and, and guy. I was going to say all the, all the four mains 
which Lakeith wasn't in this, unfortunately. Lakeith is one of my all. favorite actors. This might be the first. Ep- this is the first episode to not feature Darius. So Lakeith is Darius. Brian Tyree Henry is Paperboy. Zazie Beats, Donald Glover. The four of them as the mains mm-hmm. are all good-hearted people trying their best, who kind of always get shit on. Yeah, that people are always just like taking advantage of them. So, the next day, Ben takes a drug test at work, which is a school. Well, she called Paperboy to oh, ask. Oh yes, first yes. So Van calls Alfred for advice, asking for advice. Is there a way that she can fake the drug test? She also calls her friend, who does not give her anything. So he says, "What my boy does is he gets he buys clean pee, puts it in a condom, tapes it to his leg." She realizes that she might be able to squeeze some pee out of her baby's diapers. <laughs> in the grossest scene I've ever seen, and I was not prepared I'm for so it. Sorry. She starts unwrapping dirty diapers from her daughter. They show a really bad uh, <laughs> dookie diaper. There really should have been a a trigger warning. And there, there will be on our episode. Really gross. She tries to so her idea is to fill a condom with you know with this pee that she's just sort of like distilled pee. from these diapers. Distilled baby pee which, from diapers. I don't know if you have ever tried to. I don't you know, think it's possible. No, it's not. I, I'm sure it can't be done. You were saying there's some sort of absorbent crystal in there that just sucks yes. all the pee up. Yeah. So if you, you accidentally wash a diaper, what comes out is this sort of these sort of um like crystal it blue. It's this it's really like weird stuff litter. that comes out. Yeah, but but in a in a really weird form. So she thinks that she's got a plan. She's got a condom taped to her thigh. She goes into work while she's on her way to the bathroom to take the test. Teacher interrupts her and says, there's this kid in my class. I've got to send him to detention. <laughs> He's got his face covered in white. It's white face, but it's like, it's real white face. It's not it's not that he's dressed up as a white like kid in a any clown, other way. Clown, Pagliaccio, yes. white face. It's hideous. He's got this chalk white, um, and horrific. The, the white kid face is on. really cute and just has this sly smile, <laughs> which is all I remember from when I watched this six years ago. All I remember is that kid's like kind of <laughs> creepy white face smile at the camera. <laughs> he thinks it's so funny. He knows it's going to drive the teachers insane and creep him out. We see a flash of him in in the classroom as this teacher is telling us this. Uh, Van goes into the bathroom, attempts to execute her plan. She fails. The pee goes everywhere. And she walks directly into the principal's office and says, I smoked weed. <laughs> and, the, and the principal's like, okay. Well, the drug tests Everyone aren't actually does. sent off. So, you know, essentially, Van didn't have to worry about... She could have just peed she into the cup. Just... Not, and just yes. hoped for the best, and it would have been fine because it's not actually tested. Um, they don't have the resources to test every batch. So the principal tells her this and then tells her that, unfortunately, she just admitted to use of an illegal drug, so she has to be fired anyway. And uh, she loses her job. That is a bummer. It's extremely sad. She, she, has, she has another week to work, and she's going to be... She'll be done, and... She goes to the class that she has to watch over, the the detention class. And um, as she sits down, she catches a glimpse of the creepy kid in white face just giving her a little smirk from across the room. Yeah, it's a bummer. So so her basically her rich, glamorous friend completely fucks her over by getting mm-hmm. wasted. Um, I was thinking, we, we just watched, um, not for this podcast, but we just watched White Lotus. Season mm-hmm. two, episode four tonight, and the yes. same thing happens. There's a douchebag dude, you know, tricks mm-hmm. his friend into getting wasted and making mistakes um, that are going to ruin his life. Yeah. Uh, same thing that happened here, um, but again, uh, like well-meaning sort of hero of the story gets fucked over repeatedly. And yeah, uh, although you could you could argue that there's some kind of moral in it that don't smoke the, the weed ever mistake she made is in attempting to lie. She, she, if she didn't try to do any subterfuge and had just taken the test. Kind of. You but know, then but she no, which is an unreasonable comes thing clean to do. and is punished for it. True. Exactly. She doesn't lie to the to You're right. Boss yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then gets punished for it. So she's she's punished for lying, but she's also punished for being truthful. <sighs> so there's no moral. There's no easy answers. <laughs> <laughs> there are just questions about uh, what's our value. 
Your friend oh, asks because her, what is her your friend value? asks her, what is your value? Yeah, that's why it's called value. You need to she think said, about you need to have value. value. And to her, the definition of that has to do with what are men willing to pay for you? Sure. Her friend basically lives her life being doted on and I guess flown out places and paid for in different ways. And yeah, she's she's, a, she's she's not specifically a call girl, but she's kind of she's she's in some ways an escort. An escort. She discusses she that she's escort. that she sort of provides a service to men, but she what she means is that she's a cultured and intelligent and beautiful woman, and just spending time with her is like something that men should want to pay for and should should value very highly. Um, yeah, which whereas seems she's very... saying Van is not holding out for anything. She's just she's just allowing Urn, who isn't worth anything, you know, doesn't have any value. Broke ass in her eyes, guy. He's broke ass. She's very materialist. She's kind of just using people in her life for money and mm-hmm. selling herself and telling herself this sort of fable about like Definitely. I provide a a value, whereas Van is living an honest life raising a kid um mm-hmm. has pretty good cool friends i, I want to hang out with Ern and alfred and Dar- yeah. darius al definitely is looking out for her and is like is there for her even as he's teasing her he's teasing her that she smoked weed and that she needs help now but but he's definitely like a good friend to her even though they're not the closest yeah. this is kind of about you know trying to keep up with your high school and college friend mm-hmm. i have for you know i definitely have old college friends like this you know that are differently abled (laughs) (laughs) i have rich friends i'm not rich i work my ass off doing like 15 jobs just to pay rent and i have several because i went to school for engineering i have several very well-off friends none of whom have offered to help (laughs) just saying (laughs) None of whom have given you $25,000 anytime recently. And it's kind of weird. There's this, you know, there's things where you're like, your friend will be in town and they're like, oh, let's go get Korean barbecue and then and do shots. And mm-hmm. suddenly we're running up a $150 bill and they don't even blink. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Fuck. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to work a week, you know, mm-hmm. to pay this off. And, and they get, you know. Your rich friends get different values and they start to think that, mm-hmm. you know, jet setting is mm-hmm. personality, <laughs> the, that, <laughs> the travel. For, for me, the equivalent of that was when I was in college and there were a lot of, I thought, very well-meaning and sort of hippie kids who were like, are you coming to Greece with us this summer? Mm-hmm. We're all going, and they, were, they were always all going somewhere overseas or... uh going traveling in ways that uh and and clearly like there were some people who who were into just like backpacking and couch surfing and stuff and these were hippie kids in some ways but they they weren't necessarily working class hippie kids some of them had not been raised um without money and and Mm. uh you can't help how how you're raised most of the time so i mean there's no judgment there but people you see on bumble as opposed to (laughs) okay cupid (laughs) The people in OK Cupid are, are down to earth and broke mm-hmm. and let's face it, <laughs> ugly. <laughs> Whereas the people on Bumble are all beautiful, and uh, we've got to put in a caveat. We've got to put in the caveat that we met on OK Cupid, and we we, we should put we that caveat in there that we we obviously identify with. <laughs> pretty much all of my girlfriends the past. 10 years have been off OK Cupid on Bumble and every, all everybody's as <laughs> everybody's hot and, and um, mm-hmm. pictured themselves on yachts and and uh, mm. like I like to say they consider travel a personality like mm-hmm. what do you like to do travel that, that's not really a, that's not really a hobby that's just something you yeah can do if you're rich but I, I understand exploring other places expands your experience and Perhaps, sure. hopefully, your um, exposure to other cultures and points of, view, points of view. But most hopefully. of these travel people, it can also like, be, like in White know. Lotus, are just going to an expensive. Mm-hmm. Like th- this actually happened to me. My friends got married. My friend, I uh, won't say their names. Um, Not a destination. The Chicago couple that you met got okay. married, and 
It was a destination. It was in Cabo, which was mm-hmm. great. Cabo is a cool town in Mexico. But um, interestingly, everyone in the party stayed at the Sheridan, uh, just outside of Cabo. Hmm. I, being broke, just went on Priceline and found a cheap hotel downtown, little motel. Mm-hmm. So, and it was great. When I got there, I went to my motel and I loved it. It had like um, fountains and all these like vegetation and like banana trees indoors. Uh-huh. It was like, a, like this open atrium in the middle with banana trees and fountains. And it was a, it was a, just a little tiny room. And I, I think that the, the door, the bathroom door hit the toilet. Like it was barely <laughs> could open. But it was perfect. It was just what I wanted. It was right downtown by the pier where there was a bunch of bars and stuff. And there was like you know, merchants outside selling hot dogs and, and uh, you, you know, Al Pastor on a cart and all that stuff. And it was great. Um, and then I went to visit all the other, all the other Americans at the wedding were staying at the Sheridan, which is outside of town. So I had to take a cab <laughs> outside of Cabo away from all the actual immersive Mexican, you know, local Mm -hmm. culture to the Sheridan where everyone spoke English. It's like literally walled off. It's walled off. So no, you know, Mm -hmm. locals wander in. Everyone there is American Mm -hmm. or British or something like English speaking. And, you know, (laughs) there's there's pools and there's a there's a beach and there's fancy restaurants and bars everywhere. Whoa. Everyone speaks English. It was just like, it was no different being inside that Sheridan as if we went to get uh-huh. a drink in, in Malibu or Santa Monica right now. Ooh. You would get an expensive drink and everybody would be white, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So all of these Americans, friends of my friends, I love this couple, they're great, but um, all, all of these people going to the wedding basically went to a little enclave uh-huh. of white people yeah. outside of town and they stayed there the whole weekend. Yeah. They never went downtown with me. So every night then I, I left and I, I took the bus or cab back downtown and it's hopping with Mexican local people like yeah, merchants and people going out and having fun and drinking. And it was so much more fun. And uh, I did get some people to go out with me downtown, which was great. And I got a couple of people to come back and visit my little bungalow that I had rented for, mm-hmm. for literally like 40 bucks a night or something. Everyone else was paying 250 bucks a night yeah. to basically be in a little American village mm-hmm. outside of town and never see a Mexican the whole time. Wow. It was like White Lotus. It was very much like, like White Lotus. I, I keep bringing that up, but I guess it's on my mind. Sure. Well, yeah, because it's a travel as um, travel as colonizing. The most innocuous um, version of that is just traveling, innocently traveling to somewhere like like. But not know. not mingling, not sure. Not actually. So a lot of people on Bumble will tell you that they're traveling and they're soaking up local culture and they're learning. But mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you that. <laughs> A lot of these rich white people who are traveling are not actually traveling. They're just going sure. to another continent mm-hmm. to be enclosed with other white people yes. and be given the best food and drink for mm-hmm. a week. And then they come back without yeah. ever meeting. Yeah. Well, because it's not about it's not actually about cultural transfer. It's not about interpersonal uh, anything. It's about. Just enjoying the a climate, enjoying it's a about, different climate. Yeah. It's about it's sort of ownership being of in the sun and just like looking at different scenery. types of trees and scenery. Yeah, and and, and we're rich. We and own enjoying we, we the own food. your scenery. Yeah, we're enjoying the people. I mean, and the reason that it's colonialist is because it's um, my feeling is that it's <laughs> like travel is more colonialist the more the more ancient the culture is is kind of viewed as it's sort of like oh isn't this nice we're in this place and people have been here for so long and they make this ancient traditional food and someone's now bringing it to us and like you don't see the person who made the food but you're just like having a waiter bring it to you and yeah in a lot know. of cases that's not not, a not all travels like that um no definitely not there is a type of travel that is a you know learning you know i think uh, uh anthony bourdain comes to mind or 
travel man, Richard sure, Iowati. Sure. And you got no, he's yeah. the opposite. <laughs> I don't know if Richard Iowati actually <laughs> well, immerses himself. He 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 famously the the show Travel Man is about uh, Richard Iowati playing a sort of like what if a travel host really hated traveling and felt <laughs> yeah. uncomfortable most of the time. Um, Highly recommended. Yeah, and he's always just like, oh, I've got to put myself through this. Also, Bourdain, which thing. I know, who 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 I know is conflicted about um, his privilege. He was at least aware of his privilege, and mm-hmm. he talked about it when he was in other countries. But um, anyway, I don't want to talk about travel. This whole yeah, sure, podcast. Um, what sh- else um, should we like? Both both shows were about sort of jealousy and resentment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and family. So in baskets, uh, Chip is resentful of of his uh, adoptive brothers who are who are more successful than him in that. In and their cooler. chosen field, they've met the Chemical Brothers. They're about to have hot dogs with them. They're just um, cooler. They're more well-liked cool. by everyone. Yeah, and they're played by two actual twins, whereas Chip is one half of a twin duo played by Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakis which, uh-huh. um, which, ha- which has an effect of making the, <laughs> the twins seem more dynamic and interesting because they are actually two twins who are able to be filmed in the same shot. Oh, right. Because um, Chip and Dale, both played by Zach, they, they're in the same shot, but they're never like, they're never punching each other. There's only you know, so much you can do. They're with, never yeah. ribbing, hugging each other, ribbing, you know, like, like physically <laughs> um, touching each other because there's <laughs> it costs yes. too much. Yes. Um, well, I, I went through this, down this rabbit hole today when I was looking this uh, episode up because only one of the twins is um, credited on IMDb. And I was like, "Oh shit, he played both of them." Gary oh. <laughs> Gary Clemens is credited as as Cody. Oh, okay, okay. But in the picture, there's two of them. But there's two but of them. Only one name. It was it was definitely two people. Only Gary Clemens is um, an IMDb. But then I looked more into the personal details, and it said that he has a brother. I forgot. What mm. um, he's just not credited in IMDb for some reason. Wow. Xander from Buffy has a twin brother. Yeah, uh, and uh, there is one episode where Xander twin. gets. <laughs> is he is he? Uh, no, uh, unfortunately, Nicholas Brendan is the evil twin <laughs> by all oh. accounts. Um, Xander, yeah, sadly. But uh, there's an episode where he gets split into two, and uh, it's a fun episode. We should watch it sometime. Um, it might be oh. the one I bring on, but he gets split into two, and it's sort of like and his actual twin brother plays, mm-hmm. and who is not an actor, and so they don't give him too much to really do. He's only there in the scenes. Where they have to be in the same moment. Right. Sometimes it really is just Nicholas Brendan playing the character, but uh, they oh, have they have cool. fun with the fact that they didn't have to do a split screen uh, in those moments. Okay, this leads right into a theory I have. Okay, and this is going to be this. I'm I'm going to lay out this theory, and it's going to be one of those things that no one will pay attention to for 15 years. Okay, and then somebody will go. <gasps> It's true, and they'll 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 mm-hmm. pull a clip from this podcast okay. in the future in ni- in twenty thirty five. They're going to mm-hmm. pull a clip from this podcast, and, and gonna go, your middle name is Cassandra. Let's just it, put that on the record. This guy called it. Nobody knew. Okay, <laughs> here's my theory. Okay. Have you ever seen the show Magic for Humans on Netflix? Only a little, very bit of it. Justin Willman is his name. A um, few. Episodes. I've watched a bunch of it. Maybe we we can watch an episode for this show. Actually, uh, mm-hmm. Magic for Humans because it's actually amazing. The magic he does is incredible, and um, I never know how he does it. I I feel like he has electronic gadgets or so, something because sometimes he'll like he'll close a latte with a lid, and then when he opens it, it has a picture etched into the the foam. Oh wow. Or, you know, somebody will say something and it'll be on the back of a blackboard. So I'm always like, maybe he's got a digital blackboard or something. Mm. But there's a couple of tricks that I've watched over and over. And they seem completely impossible. And one of them is where there's a corner cafe. So first, Justin, dressed in like a hoodie, walks by this cafe and he grabs this lady's purse and he runs off to the left. And then in the same frame, this cop car pulls up on the right, and he gets out oh dressed God. as the cop. So there's a frame where he's 
running off to the left and the car he's in is pulling in on the right and i'm like there's there's no way this is two, this has got to be two people there's no way he ran around and went into that car and the camera doesn't stop secret twin and there's another magic bit where he mm. is in a park and there's somebody dressed as a a rabbit holding balloons mm-hmm. and justin's standing there in front of the rabbit and he's talking and talking to these kids and then he walks away and then the rabbit unzips and no. it's fucking justin <laughs> and he's been standing there the whole time and there's no camera cuts oh god and he never That's so perfect. here's my theory and i'm sorry spoilers for um the prestige <laughs> oh have what you seen curious. the prestige no but i do know i unfortunately i i do know i have a theory that the this the justin willman has a twin brother and they both decided when they were very young uh that only one of them would go into show business and the other one would sort of be be a, an assistant uh-huh. because there's no way any of these tricks can happen unless there's two of this guy <laughs> and he was his his twin was in the rabbit suit while he was talking right and his twin is the cop while he's the thief it just looks like there's no possible physical way for these tricks to happen mm-hmm. unless Justin has a secret twin that they never credit and they never talk about. Yeah. Also, they both have the same tattoo on their left arm. I've looked very closely. I'm fuck? like, oh my God. I'm like, that's a brother, right? That's got to be a brother. I've looked very closely. Oh my God. That's and great. they look very close, but I think there might be. Okay. Anyway, wow. that's just my theory. We'll never hear more of it until it comes out that he's okay. secretly twins in 15 years and then everybody will think I'm uh, an amazing. Uh, after my long after my death i believe it <laughs> why that's long after <laughs> in 15 20? years oh, jesus <laughs> um they'll also be amazed at how i presaged my death prestiged it i prestiged the, um, i prestiged the fuck out of my death <laughs> that's right uh we should watch derek delgadio's in and of itself have you seen it no what's that it's a it's like a magic show on uh i believe it's on hulu um, in and of itself in and of itself i watched the first 10 minutes and it blew my mind it's amazing um yeah that show kills me i'll, I'll bring it up once uh, as a show and we'll watch it um Great. and further this this justin wilman theory <laughs> justin if you're uh offended then uh all you got to do is prove that you're not twins <laughs> how do you prove that? the non-existence of your own twin i don't know uh maybe maybe his twin will come and and, uh like shut me up (laughs) i'll wake i'll wake up to both to two justin women's over me with like a knife like you're not gonna podcast about us being twins anymore and then you're holding the knife how did you do do good you will see me one more time if you do bad oh god no 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 Two more times. I'm scared. Um, that's from. And then it's him. You know He's that singing from Mulholland Drive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You showed me that, and I screamed. Anyway, oh, I, I do have a um, a, a drug test story from college. Okay. I've never really had a job that required a drug test. I, I did when I was in high school, but since high school, I don't think I've ever had a job that required a drug test. Um. But I did, there was this one time when I I got my pilot's license, single engine pilot's mm-hmm. license, when I was in high when I was in college. Um, mostly from, I was working at a small airport with just like these little single engine planes. I was working there in the summer and they would give me free lessons. And eventually I um, got my pilot's license. It's not current anymore, but... <laughs> theoretically if the pilot keels over mm-hmm. i am qualified to take over the controls um i felt very safe flying with you the only thing reason. i needed to do when i was oh oh no i mean when we flew together on a plane i, I was i, I, I was didn't like fly i didn't fly that plane but but uh, you could have and i could have feel very safe. so the only thing i needed to do was get my medical certification to get my pilot's license mm. and so i went into a doctor's office and they gave me a physical and it was all fine and then at the end they said 
Now we need you to pee in a cup. And I was like, oh, I didn't know we had to pee in a cup for this physical. And because I had smoked so much pot (laughs) the night before, probably the day of, I don't know. (laughs) I had smoked a lot of pot. So I was like, oh, wow, I just peed before I got here. So I don't know if I can if i can if i can do it and the doctor's like we just need a few drops to see if you can just go in there with this bottle and see if you can squeeze out a few drops so i went in there i did have to pee i I went in there and i just stared at the mirror for about a minute and then i walked out and i was like i'm sorry i got nothing i'm gonna have to come back and they're like okay oh man well your your physical is fine except for uh you have to come back for and give us a sample so I immediately <laughs> went back, and we. I think my friend said, well, let's, we got to go to GNC, the General Nutrition Center, uh-huh. and get some, like, detox pills. And they're probably just a placebo. I don't know. They're, like, St. John's Word or something. Um, well, it might be, like, 5-HTC or something, or something that maybe. clears your... Uh... They get these big horse pills that are supposed to, quote-unquote, remove toxins. Mm. So I was pounding you know, water and weak tea and horse pills for for like two straight days and just peeing every five minutes for yeah. a day, for a couple of straight days. <laughs> and then I went back to the same doctor and I was like, okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. I, I definitely can pee now. And plus, I was drinking like a quart of water on the way in just so mm-hmm. it was, I would pee pure water when I got there. And I, they're like, okay, um, cool. Just go put a little bit in this uh, sample, and then we'll do the diabetes scan. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a drug test. They never said the word drug test. No, they never did. They, they never said, said drug test. Count. They just said sample. I assumed it was a drug test. It was never a drug test. Oh my god! So you had I went to pee, that whole... and you and you could have peed, and then they could have been like, "Sir, it would have been fine." And you're so very the healthy. same thing has happened to Zazie Beats, the uh, van. Oh, uh, yes. happened to me, which is if I would have just done the test and wow. not said anything, I would have been fine. And that's but the lesson. Instead, I was. If anyone asks you for your pee, you should just freaking out that. for like three straight days and detoxing, and I totally didn't need to. Oh, no harm done. What a but shame. It was just kind of funny it is kind of you know one hopes it's becoming an old-fashioned thing to be drug tested for most jobs it um, seemed old. i think that there could be an argument that if you're getting a pilot's license well you know but 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 what is the argument really because they don't test pilots for for uh for if they drink alcohol on their time off and um if you smoke weed on your time off you're do. not going to be high the next day sometimes they drug test pirate pi- pirates <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, you got to piss in a cup, mate. <laughs> it's it's well known that pirates are not uh, effective if they're drunk or high. So, um, no, they drug test them to make sure that they have enough rum and fucking barbiturates in them. Ye best piss clear or you walk the plank. They drug test pilots before they fly sometimes, so you can't. Oh, ra- random! You can't have any alcohol. So even pilots can't drink like twelve hours before they fly, sure, and they sure. can't smoke like I don't know forty eight hours before they fly. They do do random tests, but mm. you don't have to take a test to get the license. Right, right. You might have to take a test if you're a commercial pilot to get a sure. Anyways, yeah. it is becoming a thing of the past. I, I have another um, quick drug test story. I once applied to work at Blockbuster Video mm-hmm. in the nineties. And I went in and I was like desperate for any job. I was just going door to door and I was just like, give me an application. So I went into Blockbuster and they're like, oh, yeah, you, you can apply um, on that computer terminal right there. So I start and it's just um, a bunch of form questions. Hmm. Put in your details and then it starts asking a couple questions. And then like 10 minutes into this test or, you know, f- form filling out, mm-hmm. it goes, um, would you be willing to take an occasional random drug test? Yes or no. Um, it didn't say you have to say yes. I just yeah. hit no. And immediately the the program goes, thanks for your application. Mm. And didn't even like bother to finish 
It just it just immediately kicked it out of like oh, wow. It was just done. It was mm-hmm. it wasn't even like thanks. You'll hear back. It was just like no. Yeah. Because I said no. I said like you know I'm principal. I'm not taking a joke. Why would you need to take a fucking Why joke test at blockbuster video? That's the thing. It's like the only argument to be made is if you're operating heavy machinery. And to be quite honest, our ideas about what different substances do to your ability to operate heavy machinery are probably pretty outdated. It's probably like there's certain things that really affect it, certain things that probably don't affect it so much. Yeah. Across the board, just saying everything, you know, can be problematic. But like, let's just say if you're driving something or flying something or you're in charge of making sure cars don't hit children or something <laughs> like we probably shouldn't be baked out of your mind yeah but there are some jobs where hand, it's like if you're making pizza at Domino's, what is the problem if you're baked out of your mind <laughs> exactly like because to be honest like you're might be better it's based on this is stuff that's based on um people who d- have never done drugs or very rarely try drugs uh who are making all of these assumptions about what the effect is and the truth is that if you're someone who makes a career out of taking drugs, it's probably because they affect you in a way that you find to be, you know, either either just irresistibly addictive or somehow helpful. somehow helpful to you. Like per- I think perhaps in computer programming and doing like mm-hmm. math, you know, and logic. I think weed is helpful because it mm-hmm. helps you sort of um, really concentrate on you know, solving the problem that's in front of you. Sure. And me anyway, you know, I, I think, you know, we hear a lot about neurodivergence now and they didn't really have that term when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I definitely am. And I feel like, like a, a doctor told my parents, this was before like ADHD was a big thing. A doctor mm-hmm. told my parents that I had, you know, problems concentrating. Mm-hmm. which basically means I had ADD, but they didn't have words yeah. for it yet in the late 70s, mm-hmm. early 80s. And, you know, some people take SSRIs or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Prozac or, or lithium or whatever. And I think that, you know, and it, it's definitely, I'm not saying it's not helpful. It's good. It, depending on your your neurochemistry, that stuff might be helpful. I think the same thing with weed, and I think that sure. some people might have the type of neurodivergence that they need a little patina of weed, mm-hmm. and not to be be stoned out of their mind at all times, but maybe just to concentrate enough on life, they might need a just a little, just a little softener, just a little sure the fabric softener of the edges of life is is how I consider um, <laughs> sure taking weed in a sort of medicinal way uh, mm-hmm. to sort of stem your neurodivergence. Sure. Or it allows you to, it. it might allow you to focus on, on things because you can sort of relax a little bit from focusing on everything on the periphery, you know? Yeah. Minute. It turns down the anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a crippling anxiety and an insomnia and, and I, and I take medicinal weed which doesn't solve the anxiety. I just would rather be anxious high. <laughs> That's very funny. I, uh, you know, I, my original, um, my original medical marijuana prescription was, I think for, I think for anxiety. I think nominally it was for anxiety, my but one, um, yeah. but what the symptom that I was actually treating with medicinal marijuana was anorexia. Um, and, uh, I was using medical munchies and like, this mm-hmm. was like, this was like when medical marijuana sure. started to become a thing, people were making jokes like, oh, like, yeah, like people have a medical need for the munchies. And I was like, yeah, actually it's an appetite. Mm-hmm. Uh, it increases appetite in a, in a way that it's yeah, an unsurprising, what do you call it? An appetite, uh, uh, <laughs> <Pre-pessive>. <laughs> I don't know. Stimulant. An appetite booster, stimulant. And yeah, and so if you're comparing 
the effects of any drug to the first time and only time you ever took it when you were 18 or something, then like, right. yeah, you're going to be walking around going like, I can't believe these people are walking around taking weed. <laughs> it fucking makes me see dragons and shit. It's like, yeah, because right. you took it one time and, and yes, it was you probably some ditch weed that yeah. somebody b- bought off a cholo before and it was, the party yeah, yeah. and you got paranoid. And, yeah, it's exactly. And it's uh, like, of course, that's how it works with your brain gets used to things very quickly. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, like, but like, I don't, yeah. we, it's funny, like now I, when I go to the store, I'm like um, a sativa that's uh, creative and social <laughs> and they're like, oh, right this way. Yeah. When we were in college, we were like, uh, baggy weed, please. Yeah, what's weed? Yeah. And we didn't ask if it was an indica or a sativa or mm-hmm. if it was going to be a high or a low or a social or a, like I, I, I distinctly yeah, yeah, yeah. remember uh, my friends and I made a, a hookah, made a weed hookah out of one of those big um, Belgian pretzel. It was like a plastic barrel that's almost <laughs> like like a pony keg size okay. plastic barrel. And we ate all the pretzels and then we <laughs> attached hoses to it and we made it into a, like a four person bong, oh, you know, wow. with four hoses. And then the, we had a party on Saturday night. <laughs> this is so lame. <laughs> there was a party at my friend's place and we put the hookah out and we each, you know, we smoked random weed that we bought no idea what kind of weed it was i took a couple of huge tokes off this hookah Mm -hmm. laid down on the couch closed my eyes and when i opened them the party was over (laughs) literally i like in the blink of an eye i i spring up and it's dark and everyone's gone and i'm on my friend's couch and they're all asleep i missed the whole party Oh my God. Because of some strange weed that we smoked out of a homemade hookah, wow! I yeah. probably smoked it at ten and then woke up at four or something. It yeah. was just like I was just out. Wow! It was must have been a deep yeah cush or something, but we had no idea what it was. That was like my first experience using a steamroller. You know, driving those, those, down the street long... to pave the pave <laughs> yeah. the freeways. Yeah. No, meaning along. A long pipe that you hold closed with your hand at one end. Mm. It's it's just a long tube, yeah, long glass tube, and you hold it closed, and let it go, <clears throat> and it gives you a real huge hit because of how, just how much smoke is able to be held oh, sure. in. And it, it it's like it's just very effective at rushing into your lungs. And I remember the first time I did that, I took one hit of that, which you know is the equivalent of like now, probably, it would not affect me <laughs> the same way to be sure. Um, but I just remember like immediately getting so high that I was like, I went into my boyfriend's room and like put on some music and like, just like lay down on the bed. And lay here. I don't out. think, I don't even think I went to sleep. I think I was just like, I'm just going to sit here and like, I can't move. listen to music. And yeah. So like at the time, if you had told me like, take this amount of weed and go out and do something creative or something, I might have just been like, I can't do anything, but you quickly become used to things. <laughs> yeah it's different doses to each their own if you don't like weed that's fine I'm, i never argue with somebody that doesn't like weed i'm just like well i do i don't know what the fuck's sure. wrong with you asshole <laughs> no, i don't do that do you uh do you swipe on people who say on okcupid where it says never smoke smart marijuana um, i'm usually like they're probably not gonna like me exactly <laughs> I would think. again it's bumble everybody on okcupid smokes pot and they're all poly and <laughs> queerish. Everyone on Bumble is uh, super gendered. I just <laughs> want to say, like, all the women are super feminine. And what I see a lot is Christian never smokes pot. And I Ooh. always, even the the prettiest person, if they say Christian never smokes pot, I'm like, you're very pretty, but there's no <laughs> way we have a what future. Could, what could you have in common? I don't know. Yeah. Nothing I mean, against something. Christians. <laughs> I'm not saying I would never date a Christian, but just when I see that combination together and it's like some blonde in a bathing suit on a yacht, I'm just like, nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yacht. That's going to happen. Not going to happen. There's a lot of yachts in Bubble. Everybody, maybe That's because weird. we live on the coast, but there's just so many. Also, more of a mountain person than <laughs> the beach, you know. Uh I definitely really prefer to see a picture of someone on a mountaintop than on a boat. Yeah, when I see somebody <laughs> hiking, it literally, but when I see somebody hiking, 
we're rock climbing it's way hotter to oh, me yeah. than at the beach or something but there's definitely more yeah. of the the latter less of the former sure We've been talking for a long time now. Yeah. Almost well, two hours. We've discussed quite a bit of things. the watch-alongs. Bridge is one hour. Watch-alongs. What mm. have we learned today? Not to be jealous of friends. And smoke as much weed as you can while you can. <laughs> almost, I'm not even looking at the piano. I almost resolved it. That was great. That was I was great. trying to resolve it by, by feel alone. That was beautiful. And that's our show. We, um, I think we, we got to the root of some things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you Just, know. Uh, musicians are all twins. <laughs> um, uh, if you are a twin, uh, we're not sure whether to trust you yet, but we're going to think about it. If you have twin brothers, um, they're evil. <laughs> what else? Your, old, your rich friends from college are full of shit. Mm-hmm. If someone asks you to pee in a cup for them, you should just do it and not ask questions, pretty much. Just pee in the damn cup. And, l- and, and deal with it later, deal with it later. Don't, don't work for those assholes anymore. Mm-hmm. You'd be happier broke and mm-hmm. on the verge of homelessness like me. Don't go to listening parties with NBA guys. It's going to be oh, boring. Oh, that, that was the thing that they were going to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead go to... Um, Eat hot dogs with the Chemical Brothers <laughs> at a rave. And uh, and finally, if you need something to watch, try season one, episode six of any show. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe maybe we've hit upon something. Maybe every yeah. season one, episode six is a that's a good idea. A, you know, and honestly, I have a lot of feelings about the way it's when a show. You know, if if it's a good show, like mm-hmm. hitting its stride in the yes. middle of the first season is a good sign. So. Yes. I think that challenge, maybe we should change the podcast to just be S1E6. <laughs> I personally feel that uh, season two, episode one, is usually the best episode of any show to get a feel for it. Um, maybe. Only because usually shows uh, get a boost in uh, their budget for the season two opener, if season one did well. So you'll notice like a a, a big difference in the production value maybe um, and season two of um sunny introduces danny devito which turned out to be a great mm-hmm. asset although season two of the simpsons kind of sucky i'm sure um, well, they didn't hit their stride until three what else futurama season two is great mm-hmm. strongest season of the office uh-huh um probably possibly yes i bet you would i bet like seinfeld and friends and those would i bet would season two is pretty strong mm-hmm considered it's considered probably one of the two best seasons of Buffy. All right. We'll look into your little theory of twos. I don't know. Numerology of <laughs> TV shows. It probably just means it's the people are extremely the cast and crew are extremely grateful to have gotten another season so they're working very hard and they're still not burned out. And that's yeah. probably what those things have in common because usually, you know, it's easy to burn out by season 4 or 5 certain shows. This has been BDFM. You can find us uh, at grudge.tv slash BDFM. That's G-R-A-G-E dot TV slash BDFM. Mm-hmm. We are at BDFM pod on Instagram. And for some time remaining, we'll be at BDFM pod Twitter on Twitter. Twitter burns to the ground. Uh, yes, but we're still we're still active there. We're, we're raging, raging against the dying of the light. Uh, uh, just the yeah. other day, we... It's not banging, but whimpering, maybe. Um, you can also, uh, you can find our watch alongs for this and every podcast has two watch alongs associated with it, um, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash BDFM pod. And if you just throw us a couple of bucks, you can watch those as you're watching. 
the streaming show on another device. You can also become a subscriber of Garage TV at garage.tv, and then you can also watch those shows on there. And uh, there's a Garage TV app in the store where um, you can't find our show on that app, but mm-hmm. you can find some of my other shows like <laughs> Ion Science. Um, Ion Science. That's it. Thanks for watching. If you are watching, what are you watching? Because <laughs> this is an audio show. Thanks for doing it anyway. For right. BDFM, I'm D. I'm B. The FM stands for Phantasmagorical Memories. Mm. Pretty good. BDFM. Boop, boop, boop.